Imagine that you were alive some 1900 years ago, hearing of Jesus the first time through St. John's Gospel. What would you notice, what would you find surprising about it? Well, perhaps most obviously you'd notice that John's story of Jesus doesn't start with Jesus. It begins at the beginning. Not the beginning of Jesus' ministry, not the beginning of Jesus' life, but at the beginning by the capital B. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Before Jesus, before humanity, before creation, before time, was the Word. And for John, the Word is not simply a sound or a series of letters, but a structure, a system, an order. As long as God has been God, God has had an intention, a purpose that undergirds and supports all of creation. And that intention, that purpose, is what John calls the word. To create, to love, to sustain, to be in relationship. All things, John writes, came into being through him. Meaning time, creation, humanity, all of us have always carried the design of God's great love. And God has always spoken, created, and acted through that word. This word was not born 2,000 years ago and placed in a manger in Bethlehem. It has always been woven into our story. John starts at the beginning because he wants us to know that when Abraham and Sarah were grafted into God's covenant, it was the word of God that brought them hope. When God's people were enslaved in Egypt, it was the word of God that brought them into freedom. When the Israelites lived in exile, it was the word of God that promised a return to their home and their covenant. For the people 2,000 years ago who first heard John's gospel, the message is clear. That when you survey the course of history, you are looking at a story that reveals the heart of God's character. But it's not just about history, of course. This word wasn't just present in the beginning. It's the same word that upholds, guides, and sustains Jesus' life, too. When a wedding at Cana became a festival of abundance, it was because of the word of God. When 5,000 were fed on the mountainside, it was the word of God that filled them with good things. And when Lazarus walked out of his tomb, it was the word of God that brought him new life. So before we hear the story of Jesus' birth, life, death, and resurrection, John wants us to remember that in some way, nothing new is happening here. The word spoken in the beginning is the word made flesh. The word is manna in the desert and the bread of life. The word is water from the the rock and water that satisfies. The word is exodus from Egypt and liberation from death. So before we hear the story of Jesus' life, John wants us to remember that we're not encountering something different here. That the life, death, and resurrection of Christ are not the result of God's change of heart. There's not an Old Testament God of wrath and a New Testament God of love. This is not a plan B option God is reverting to. Nothing new is actually happening here. Except for something completely new that this word became flesh and lived among us, that the entirety of God's intentions, God's purpose, God's character has been poured out into this one singular human life, a life the author of Hebrews calls the very imprint of God's very being, 
And this one human life reveals the very fullness of God's character. It shows us there's no God behind God. There's no other face. There is no change of heart. This is who God is. This is how God acts. And this is how God loves. So what we encounter in Jesus is not simply an example to live our lives by. It's not a bunch of advice for how to live a better life. It's not some escape hatch to get into heaven. What we find is the character of God poured out, made vulnerable, so that there is nothing left for it to hide behind. Now there's a reason, of course, why we don't hear John's gospel on Christmas Eve when the big crowds come to church. One reason, the reason I would tell you, is that our lectionary puts it on Christmas Day and this decision is out of my hands. But the real reason is that we like a story. We like shepherds, we like magi, we like Mary and Joseph, livestock and infants. We like hymns about silent nights and mangers, holy and lowly. I get it, there's nothing wrong with all that. But the emphasis in those stories put on the birth of Jesus can lull us into thinking Christmas is some kind of miracle. A categorically distinct event that drops in from the sky a place where the rules of nature break and something exceptional happens. John says something else. That what happened 2,000 years ago is actually not a miracle at all. It's creation becoming fully itself, becoming what it always has been. And so it is for us on Christmas. When we come to find this word among us, we too become the truest versions of ourselves. The gift of Christmas is that the same word that spoke in the beginning speaks among us today. The word that called creation good is the same word that speaks to us with words of grace and truth. The word became flesh and lived among us, John says. And by water and word, bread and wine, it still does. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.